On episode 557 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Mark Lauren and discuss his book, Strong and Lean, nine-minute daily workouts to build your best body, no equipment, anywhere, anytime. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 557. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey, all right? Let's go. Have you noticed how you're just not as strong and able as you were even a few years ago? How you just seem to have more aches and pains? That's from the two beasts of aging called sarcopenia and osteopenia. You're losing muscle mass, strength, and bone density if you're not actively fighting back. None of us wants to be weak and frail, but it's coming, and it's coming a lot faster than you may realize. But what if I told you there's an easy, sustainable way to stop and even reverse the aging curve? The six-week Be Fit for Task program is designed to get you started and give you the tools you need to get stronger and stop sarcopenia and osteopenia, to change your body and get you fit for the life you want to have, to be who you should be. You're listening to this podcast, so I know you have most of the knowledge you need to be successful, but going alone just isn't working for you, is it? You're not getting ahead, which means you're falling behind. You deserve better. Join me in the Be Fit for Task program, and you'll have all the guidance, support, and accountability you need to make the change. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. Let me know you're interested. Slots are limited, so don't wait. The beasts keep coming until you act. 40plusfitness.com forward slash BFFT. You deserve to be fit for task. Raz, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Hey, Alan, how are you today? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, ob- obviously, you know, we record this a couple of weeks ahead. So I'm actually in the United States while we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And I will be on my way when you're listening to this. I will either be back in Bocas or I'll be on my way back to Bocas. Um, so I've been enjoying the oysters. Um, I'm in a part of the country oh. where that's the thing. And so nice. I've been eating the heck out of those. And, um, I've had a good bit of uh, Brussels sprouts as well. So, oh, good. Um, <laughs> Get it when you can. Yeah, I, I'm doing what I can, but um, it's all oh. good. I'm, 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 I'm feeling pretty good, rested, um, time with family, some rest time. It's been good. Wonderful. That sounds great. How are things up there? Good, good. Now that we're back from our big trip, I've got time to catch up on things. And I just realized that it was two years ago, Alan that I earned my personal training certificate through NASM and you invited me to be a part of your podcast. So kind of celebrating a two year anniversary and I'm really excited. Well, good, good. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I saw the picture on Facebook and so you Mm -hmm. obviously have gotten that and you've since gone on to get your runner's coaching 
certification. Yep. And yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more ahead because as you oh, said in your is. post, we have to, we have to get our education. And as a result, it means, you know, spending the time, spending the money, investing in yourself mm-hmm. to, you know, make this happen. It does. NASM has a couple classes I'm interested in taking, but so does RRCA. They've got a level two class and there's another uh, running course that I'd like to take, which um, teaches us about endurance um, and ultras and those types of things. So pretty excited to get my name on the list to get on these classes. Good, good. Enjoy that. Yeah, thanks. All right. Are you ready to talk to Mark? Sure. Okay. Mark, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Hey, thanks for having me. So your, your book is called Strong and Lean, Nine-Minute Daily Workouts to Build Your Best Body, No Equipment, Anywhere, Anytime. And I have to say, in going through the workouts and, and what I know of some of the exercises, because I've used them before, and some of them that I, as I was going through, I, I of course, I got to get on the floor and, and try a couple of them out. This is a workout that you could start as a beginner, and it's a workout that will serve you even if you were the most advanced athlete, you're going to get a great workout in. It's it's just nine minutes. So it's it's really kind of fabulous. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, basically, um, I'm the author of the book, You Are Your Own Gym, The Bible of Bodyweight Exercises, which published back in 2010 and uh, sold a whole bunch of copies around the world, over a million. And But the program in that book, I was just out of the special operations community when I wrote that book. And uh, in my understanding sort of of the typical person's needs, um, I was totally not in touch. Let's put it that way. You know, I was training guys to, to jump out of airplanes and, and scuba dive, et cetera. Um, so, so that program was, I would say it was complex and it was unnecessarily difficult. So over the next 10 years, really, and I think this is always sort of like the learning progression, you figure out like what's essential and what's not. So, so really this program is a process of me sort of getting rid of all the unnecessary things and, and sort of distilling everything down to the bare minimum and the absolute essentials that get you the, that get you the most for the least and making it as simple as possible. And then of course, building in progression so you can continue to advance. Absolutely. Now, one of the concepts that you got into early in the book, which, um, which I was kind of fascinated by because it wasn't, it wasn't a con, it wasn't the way I've ever thought about it. But once you got down that train of thought, I was like, Mark's absolutely right, uh, is locomotion. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about locomotion and why that is fitness? Right. So um, there's a couple of ways to describe it. And the first way is like when we work out, what we're trying to achieve is the best possible overall gains. We're, we're trying to get the best gains in overall performance, Right. Like, and, and one of the problems with exercise a lot of times, and I realized this long ago, especially as a special ops guy, et cetera, is that exercise, whatever it is that you do, you only get good at that thing. Like maybe you're lifting weights and you're getting stronger in the gym, but in a lot of other ways, you're getting less athletic. And, and that, that, that tends to be a problem with a lot of different things. So I was really trying to figure out like, what is it that we actually need, right? So that we can specifically focus on it and get the most benefit out of our training, out of our energy. And what I finally realized is the common denominator for all activities is locomotion. And then I think a really good example of the importance of locomotion can be seen in how infants and children learn to move, right? Like it's all about locomotion. They first, they they begin in a backline position. 
right? And then they begin to basically, the first thing they really learn is to stabilize their head, which is spinal stabilization. Once they can stabilize their head, they start doing arm and leg movements, right? So basically hip and joint movements start to um, develop. And that's the simplest form of locomotion. That's basically single joint locomotion. So when I move my arm from one point to another point, that's a form of locomotion. It's simple though, right? And then at, we start to combine those, those different hip and shoulder movements until eventually what do we have? We have a weight shift to one side or the other. And that's the first example of rolling. And, and basically now you have locomotion that involves your entire body movement. And then let's say eventually you get to a, to a frontline position and just through random combinations, you eventually learn to build up to a crawling position. And now you have, again, a slightly more complex locomotion where you then learn to crawl. You then learn to build up. Uh, you learn to basically weight shift and take your first step so that you end up in a single kneeling position. Or, or, and then you, you, be, you eventually build up to a standing position. So the things that the athletic ability that we develop first in life is basically spinal stabilization, single joint movements. And then we learn the developmental movements, which is how to transition between lying, kneeling, and standing positions. And that's really where the foundation of athletic ability is, is developed. You need spinal stabilization and you have basically control of weight shift. So then when you learn to walk or run or sprint, you have rhythmic side-to-side -side weight shifting through coordinated hip and shoulder movement and a little bit of rotation around the spine. And that's something that you use everywhere. Think about it, like when you throw a punch or if you throw a ball, you have a lateral weight shift with coordinated hip and shoulder movement and rotation around the spine. And the examples of that are endless. So really, like if, if I'm trying to get you the, the best possible results in overall improvements of performance with the least amount of energy, it makes sense for me to design my exercise programs so that you improve the skills needed for locomotion. Okay. Um, now, a lot of us, when we think about exercise, uh, it's typically going to be, we're going to be doing weights of some sort in the weight room, in the gym, maybe, or at home, or we're going to be running. Uh, those are the kind of the two primary paradigms. When, when you say exercise, that's where most people's heads go. Why is that not the best way for us to approach this? I think you can run and I think you can lift weights. Um, I, I actually do both of those things. I think that you just have to have an understanding that you should do those things in a way so that you get the best possible overall results and you don't become too specialized, right? So for example, there's a lot of guys at the gym with really big muscular bodies and they're really strong in the gym. But to be totally honest, like if you were to take them on a long hike or for a short swim, they wouldn't make it, right? And I think when it comes to truly fitness, which I define as preparedness, Right. Like being fit just means to be prepared. You're ready. And, and I would say fitness is about general preparedness. So when you do those things, you want to do them in a way so that you don't become worse at the thing that you need most, which is locomotion. Um, so if you were to lift weights, combining it maybe with a little bit of running and walking, especially would not be a bad idea. So really, I think you can do those things. They're not bad. And if you enjoy them, I, I, I tell people absolutely continue doing them. But I think what we really need is we need an understanding of the fundamental athletic skills that you have to maintain in order to have a long, healthy, strong life. And, and I think longevity 
depends largely on the strength of our foundation, which is made up of those fundamentals that I've mentioned. So you have to systematically train. You have to basically train your posture. And what does good posture mean? It means basically being able to maintain a neutral spine, basically a long spine that's in the middle. You want to maintain all your joint functions, especially for your hips, spine, and shoulders, right? You want to learn to move your arms and legs around a neutral spine and to be able to control weight shifting. And as long as you systematically develop those fundamentals, then really that that lays a really solid foundation for you to do anything else such as running, such as weightlifting. And that's what my nine-minute programs do. So they're a great complement in addition to being a standalone program. Okay. Now, what do you think about machines then? The problem with machines is really, um, I talked, for example, about posture um, and weight shifting, right? Like weight shifting really is balanced, but it's balanced in motion, which is what we need. The problem with, with machines is sure, you're, you're training different joint functions, but a lot of times you're only training joint functions on the sagittal plane, which is basically forward, back, up and down movements. You don't have lateral movement. You don't have rotation. You don't have circumduction, which is making circles. And you have absolutely no need for balance or the ability to maintain a neutral spine while you're performing these functions. So so if you become really strong on these machines, but you're unable to maintain a neutral spine or good posture while you're exerting force, you're going to be more prone to injury and your, your performance just will not be optimal, especially if you have poor posture in conjunction with the inability to control weight shifting, basically poor balance and coordination. So there's a lot more to strength than just being able to exert force. There's fundamental athletic skills that we have to learn and machines won't do that for you. Yeah. And as you said earlier, if you practice something, you get good at it. So we get good at lifting on that, that particular machine that doesn't necessarily relate to real world strength. I mean, that's exactly it. Adaptation tends to be pretty specific. That's why we have to be very clear about what it is that we're trying to develop. Okay. Now, you've talked a little bit about posture, but let's, let's dive in a little bit deeper. Uh, you sort of defined it, but let's, let's redefine posture and why is that so important to functional movement? Okay. So, um, first of all, posture mainly refers, typically it refers mainly to the alignment of your spine, right? So, and the spine is really, that's your nervous system. I mean, it's not your actual nervous system. It's the, it's the part of your skeletal system that on which your, your, your nervous system depends, right? So, so we have to protect our nervous system. And so posture is the alignment of the spine. And the place where, um, so here's a good question. Like we, we talk about posture and we've said that it's the alignment of the spine. And, and, and we often talk about good posture. And a lot of times, like we know that good posture tends to be when you're straight, right? Or your spine is relatively straight. It's neutral, meaning that it's in the middle. So why is the middle the right place for you to be, right? That's the question. And the reason is, is that when you're not in flexion, you're not in extension, right? You're you're in the middle. That's where you're safest. Because think about it, when you're at an extreme range of motion, but like take any of your joints, if you're at an extreme end range of a joint's function, that's where you're most likely to get injured, right? If you're in the middle, that's where you're, that's where you're, that's where you're safest because that's where you have the most room for error in the middle, right? It's, it's a little bit like if you were standing way up on a, on a little platform up in the air, where do you want to be standing on that little tiny platform? You want to be in the middle. 
right? So all these joints, you want them stacked on top of each other and neutrally aligned, meaning in the middle. So one, it's the safest. Two also is that the transfer of energy is going to be best when everything is neutrally aligned in the middle, right? So when you, when you have a long, straight, neutral spine, which you see typically for most sports, athletes do really well. They're doing that because it's safe and the transfer of energy is easiest like that. So it's about efficiency and safety, really. Okay. Uh, now in the book, you went into a little bit about motivation. Can you talk about your opinion about motivation? Because I think a lot of people get into uh, working out and they just really struggle to keep after it when anything gets in their way and kind of bust their bubble. Uh, can you talk about motivation? Yes, I think, I mean, motivation is, um, so I, I don't get into cheerleading. And I think really the best way to motivate people, it's the way our behavior develops. It's about cost versus benefit. And when there's a behavior that is low cost, meaning low energy or low energy and low time, and, and the benefit or the reward is high, in comparison to the cost, then that, that behavior tends to get repeated, right? So, and the reverse of that is, is also true. So if you have a high cost, a certain behavior requires a lot of energy and a lot of time, and then there's a small reward, then the chance of that behavior continuing goes way, way down. And that's just simply understanding how we function as humans. And it makes a lot of sense. So, so I think one of the biggest problems in fitness is actually doing too much. And, and, and doing too much causes you to do too little, if that makes sense. Because in the beginning, in order for you to adapt and, and, and get results, you actually need very, very little because it's, it's, it's a new form of stimulus. So but usually what we do is we go to the gym, we drive 20, 30 minutes, then you, you're doing, using a bunch of machines and doing strength training for, let's say, 30, 40 minutes. Then maybe you're doing some, some cardio and then you're driving home. Let's say, let's call it an hour and a half, even if it's just an hour or, or you know, so, so the cost there in time is pretty significant, especially if you're doing it three to five times a week, the cost and energy is super high, right? And it's much more than you need. So there's a really high cost in time and energy. Then you're probably super sore for the next five days, right? We've all experienced that. We did too much. Probably 10 minutes would have been totally fine. So now, now the behavior was high cost. You're getting punished for it. And the results are not really, they don't justify the cost. So the behavior tends to stop. So, so that's, that's a big part of the design of these nine-minute exercise programs. Actually, in the beginning of these uh, nine-minute, so strong and lean comes with four six-week cycles. And, and the nine-minute workouts in the beginning, they start easy, actually. And you'll be surprised that like in the beginning, you actually need very little to make good progress and doing more doesn't accelerate your progress. It just makes it less likely that you're going to stay consistent. So again, like the way this exercise program is designed is with an understanding of how we adapt and how we function. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit more into the program because a lot of aspects of it, one being nine minutes, I think that that's something that that just about anybody can free up nine minutes, you know, well, a little bit longer with a warm up and a cool down. Right. But uh, in general, we're talking less than a total of probably 15 minutes to be ready uh, mm -hmm. to get this done. Uh, and we're doing it like three times a week, two or three times a week, right? 
can you just talk about the program, how it's put together and how people would progress through it? Sure. Um, so like I said, the book has four six-week cycles. In the first cycle, you're, you're training just three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, and the workouts require nothing but floor space. You're doing each nine-minute workout consists of three exercises that are repeated for three rounds. So basically, each exercise is allocated one minute. So you're doing three exercises for one minute each, which is three minutes. And then you're doing three rounds of that, which is nine minutes. But doing a, an exercise for a minute straight, like let's take an example that everybody's familiar with, like to do a, a straight minute of push-ups is actually very difficult, right? So you could actually probably take some easy variation of a push-up and then just do 40 seconds of it, rest 20 seconds, then do the next exercise for 40 seconds, rest 20 seconds, and so on. Right. And that's how the program is structured, where there's a work interval and a rest interval, and then it goes on to the next exercise. And as the weeks progress, the work duration increases and the rest intervals decrease. And those changes in the intervals make a big difference. The first exercise is always a floor exercise designed to improve your posture, which will work with your upper back, your core or your your hips. The second exercise is a mobility exercise. And then the third exercise is a standing exercise that improves your ability, uh, basically standing movements. That's going to be more your legs, your spinal erectors to work weight shifting. As the cycles progress, you go from three times a week to four times a week and eventually five times a week. So the overall training volume increases. And additionally, in starting in cycle three, we have nine-minute circuits specifically designed for strength training. So they're, they're a little less mobility-based and, uh, and more focused on strength. And those have a pushing exercise, a pulling exercise, and a, a leg exercise where you have the option to also hold a weight. And those get really tough. And, yeah. and, and again, so all these programs have progressions built into them and systematically cover all the fundamental athletic skills that you need to perform optimally and to develop a good, strong body. Yeah. And what I like is after the first workout, the first workout, of course, you have to introduce a whole bunch of exercises, but right. after that, you really only roll in one kind of new thing at a time. So they're, they're learning something new. They're doing something a little different. So there's some variety in there, but it's not overwhelming that there's 300 exercises that you're going to do. Uh, all given to you and you're just trying to figure them out as you're doing them, you'll, you'll learn them. You'll get better at this stuff. And then they start progressing. And I like how a lot of these are set up to progress. And then I guess the premise would be you go through the four, six week cycles, and then you can just go back and repeat week three, week four, and you can just make that a cycle that's going to give you some periodization and uh, is just going to allow you to continue to progress. Right, exactly. So yeah, just trying to make everything as simple and easy as possible, honestly, to get people the best possible results with the least amount of time and effort. So after the first workout, I never introduce more than one new exercise, but each new workout, you'll get one tip on how to perform one of the exercises better. So there's gradual learning and introduction of new exercises. And at the end, if, if you complete all four six-week cycles, then at the end of that book, we say that you can continue to repeat cycles three and four indefinitely. I have a subscription platform, Mark Lauren On Demand, which is a suite of apps for iOS, Android, Roku, et cetera. 
And, uh, and there I actually have five cycles and, and the training can continue there as well. Okay, cool. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's really good. And, and the thing about it is the book has uh, good demonstration pictures to show mm -hmm. you the movements um, and you're performing them as the, as the guy, a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures there. And so, and the descriptions of the movements are really good. You know, one of the things that I kind of pride myself with is I, I coach, uh, some of my clients are blind. And okay. so coaching a blind client that can't look at a picture, look at a video and describing uh, the exercise, I, you know, that's not an easy talent, but it's something you also seem to have with the way that you described each of the movements in the book. So uh, kudos for that. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Mark, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? To stay well. Um, so me being a fitness guy, I, I try to really clearly define everything. And I already said that I think fitness is, it's about preparedness. It's about general preparedness. And I think general preparedness is really about the fundamentals. If you think about fitness as a whole, you could break it down into, you know, usually you hear three parts. You hear about food, nutrition, movement, and recovery, right? Those are the fundamentals of life. Like if you don't have those, you, you will not survive. So I really think fitness is about doing those things really well. I think fitness is about doing the basic, most common things really, really well and continuing to learn how to do them better. Um, and I think a big part of wellness and fitness is valuing and caring about the right things. And I think a lot of times where, especially by marketing and our culture, we're sort of seduced by shiny, complex things. But the real value, the things that make, really make us healthy and happy and fit and prepared are the basic, common, day-to-day -day things. And so my expertise is in the movement part of fitness. And again, there, I think it's about the basics. It's about basically those, those fundamental athletic skills that you learned earliest in life. I think it's my job to refine those, to clearly define the, what those things are so that we can improve them, refine them, and maintain them. Because think about it. What is it that you lose later in life? You start to lose your posture, joint functions go away, and then our ability to control weight shifting goes away and we start to fall. And, and we become insecure about getting up and down off the ground. Like you're no longer able to get down and get up off the ground so easily. Right. So, so my fitness program largely on the movement part of fitness and well-being is really about maintaining those basic fundamental skills that are always being used so you can move well into old age. And then if you want a strong, beautiful body, that you have the joint alignment needed to basically be able to take the stress to build muscle and to burn all those calories. Um, so simply put, I, I think it's about valuing fundamentals. Thank you. So Mark, if someone wanted to learn more about you and the programs and the book, Strong and Lean, where would you like for me to send them? Um, MarkLauren.com has obviously all my information. I have Instagram, Mark Lauren Training. My book is available at any major bookseller and also uh, Amazon.com. Yeah, I think those are the main places, MarkLauren.com. Um, I have Facebook, Instagram. And I actually just started a TikTok page a few days ago. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Mark, thank right. you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on here. Welcome back, Raz.
Hey, Alan, this is yet another book I need to add to my bookshelf. <laughs> you know, I love he the is, nine minutes. Yeah, he is one of the fittest people I've, I've seen in a long, long oh, time. Cool. And, you know, he demonstrates all of the exercises in the book. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what I know is when you have a photographer taking pictures and you're doing it, you end up doing multiple, multiple reps, you know, so you're doing the reps and you're perhaps trying to hold yourself in some of the mm -hmm. positions for the pictures so that you get a good image of the, the bottom position or the top position. And so I know some of the work he did to just even do this book was just fantastic. So That's very awesome. fit guy and body weight. That's great. And I love body weight. I know that it gets a bad rap in a lot of fitness circles, but Body weight movements are so important. And I can tell you that they've helped me a ton with staying healthy and uh, strong for running. So I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Now I like, I like moving heavy weights, but you know, he, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's right. When he starts talking about locomotion mm -hmm. being one of the core components, you know, strength sure. and control mm -hmm. locomotion. And so, you know, the exercises he has in the book are not necessarily they're not power movements they're not mm -hmm. and they obviously don't require any equipment but i can just mm -hmm. tell you you can get really strong and the exercises he has in there are varied so he's the first time he's adding a whole bunch of exercises and then it's like mm -hmm. each ex training after that he's just adding one new exercise so you're yeah. not having to learn a whole bunch of exercises through mm -hmm. the you know thing what happens is through the course of doing the training you're incorporating different movements. And so, you know, this is a, this is a cycled thing, a, a basically a periodized process. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end, you'll have a very balanced program for full body strength and uh, control. And you'll be a uh, locomotive. I mean, you'll be able to do a lot of things you can't do now. What I love about it is that one, it's simple. It's simple and it doesn't take that much time, but it delivers a big bang for the buck. And, and I think that's what we need in our lives, especially, you know, all of us that are really busy with other jobs and, you know, child responsibilities and school and work and all the things. I mean, nine minutes or like you said, 15 with a warm up and a cool down, 15 minutes. That's not that hard to squeeze that into a day and and get a big bang for the buck. Yeah. If you can't squeeze 15 minutes in, you're not committed to this. This is, not, <laughs> this is just not going to happen. Uh, 15 minutes is nothing. Um, mm -hmm. you know, three times a week, that's 45 total minutes. Mm -hmm. You spend more time than that on mm -hmm. the toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and social media and binge watching our favorite TV shows yeah, and, you know, whatever. Yep. So yep, we could definitely, you know, th this is a good way. If you do feel that you're just so time strapped and you're like, I can't work out because I'm, you know, six o'clock until 11 o'clock every single day. And I'm like, no, probably not every single day, but you can get in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing too, it doesn't sound like he requires a lot of weights or bands or any equipment. So this is also something that can go with you. You're traveling right now. I was traveling a little while ago, you know, when we're not home or can't get to the gym or like up here in Michigan, I'll be snowed in pretty soon this winter and can't go anywhere. You know, it would be great just to have some simple, quick body weight movements and it's enough to keep it going. 
Yeah. And the investment in this book is a lot cheaper than buying yourself weight equipment and a stationary sure. bike and, and all the other stuff that you would have. Yep. And because of the nature of what he's doing, it's it's not mm-hmm. so hyper specialized like he was talking about where you're you're just building strength in a range, you know, mm-hmm. so I can I have strong legs from doing squats and I have strong chest from doing presses. Mm-hmm. That's great. Right. Um, but some of the exercises he has are going at angles that you would never be able to accomplish on a bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you're pulling and pushing in very different ways. Um, so it's, it's a lot more balanced than I think a lot of people can do if they're just going and doing the exercise, particularly if you're, if you like the machines and you're spending all of mm-hmm. your time on the machines. You know, well, it's interesting. You mentioned that too, because right after I listened to this podcast, I had to run up and buy some softener salt for our water softener in our house. The bags are 40 pounds. It's an awkward carry. So I'm doing a farmer's carry, trying to get them from my garage down to the basement. But but you need that stability. You need that foundation of a strong posture, a strong back, a strong abs in order to, for my arms to dangle 40 pound bags of softener salt and not fall over or fall down the stairs. So it's really, it was just really timely that, you know, that having that foundation of strength is a great place to start. Yeah. And this, like I said, uh, you know, he's super, super fit. So uh, don't think you're beyond what, what he's doing in this book, because I can mm-hmm. tell you you're not. Um, mm-hmm. Professional athletes would struggle with some of these movements at first until they learned them and got good at them and built the strength to hold themselves and have the right posture and do the things they needed to do. Yeah. Um, and so it, none of this is going to be easy if you're doing it right. It's all going to challenge you and it's going to mm-hmm. make you stronger and better. I love that. That sounds really exciting. I'm, this is in my Amazon box already. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yep. All right. Well, Rachel, I'll talk to you next week. Great. Take care, Alan. You too. Thank you. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Hillary Topper and discuss her book, From Couch Potato to Endurance Athlete. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.